Have you been injured in an accident that was probably your fault? Cranston Injury Law wants to get you the most for your injury. I had my hand crushed in a Fergdorf trenolator, and there was soft tissue damage, and Cranston Injury Law sued that company out of business just because I had misused the machine, and they got me $7 trillion for my settlement. Cranston Injury Law. The power of his genius supplied the deficiencies of the imperfect communications of the Hierophants, and he himself became a master and a revealer. Here we go. The Incans did not come up with ayahuasca so you could try to figure out how to get a Range Rover. <laughs> There's no way that that was the intended purpose. Gentlemen, my name is Maverick Matthews. This is the very dramatic pepper for your steak. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about aliens, underground military bases, and some esoteric secrets. It's a cool clip show from the things I've been digesting getting ready for a new lecture that I'm bringing to the podcast circuit. It's called the Golden Circle. It's talked about only in hushed tones. Hushed, hushed tones. All right, so let's do introduction music to the show, and then we'll jump right into this. My name is Maverick Matthews, and this is Pepper for Your Steak. We thought we had something different here, you see. We live in both a very fragile and precious experiment in democracy, and we live in an empire that is experiencing profound decline. Reptilian agenda. Okay, well, let's talk about the reptiles. So you're saying the reptilians are luring humans to, like, Hawaii, to the news is there to scare white people. I've said this for years. To live this life, you can't live the life everyone else lives. You're not going to be partying on the weekends. You're going to be performing on the weekends. You're not going to be watching the big uh, game on a Thursday night because you'll be in a club. You have to have that mindset that you don't belong. You don't go to the rhythm of the rest of the world. Pepper for your steak. Okay. Nick Hinton came and visited me recently. Um, I had some clips on here from us hanging out, but I decided not to put those in. We were a little inebriated. We were very excited. Having an evening, just sitting around chatting. It's good to have those, these little discussions, these little planning sessions. And it's also great to put all your stuff in a Faraday cage when you have them. So if you see Nick and Clay... Clay, his professional bodyguard and driver. 
If you see these gentlemen on the road, they are on the West Coast right now, somewhere, in a stolen... Oh, no, no. <laughs> They're in a stolen ambulance, and Nick is sleeping on the gurney in the back, and Clay is driving him to, to and fro. Who knows where? It was great to see those guys. If you run into them on the road, and if you are a listener of this podcast, they are on the West Coast right now, most recently in Los Angeles. I'm not going to give any detailed information away. But there's a conspiracy hero driving around our country loose. If you run into him, go up to him and stab him in the foot. No, don't do that. Give him a big hug from me. And then maybe twist his nipple. Do something cutesy, but not too aggressive. Just to let him know that I'm there with him and watching at all times. And that the squad, that's what we call our listeners, the squad is always watching. We're always huddling. We're always huddling up. All right, that's enough goofiness. Got to get the goofies out a little bit. If you see Nick and Clay on the road, spit at them. No, don't do that. Um, tell them I said hi. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to do some... I don't usually go into weird things. I'm kind of trying some new stuff this year. We're going to first talk about some deep underground military bases and the alien thing that's going on right now. I really just want to summarize it. Because if you ask me, there's really two possibilities going on here. Okay? Here they are. Number one... There is some other entity which may or may not be multidimensional, which may or may not be from the future, which may or may not be a completely different species inhabiting this planet at the exact same time we are in some weird other dimensional way. Okay. It's a large collection of phenomena we're talking about here. But overlaying on top of that weird large collection of phenomena that goes back through all basic cultures through human history, even unrelated, non-contacted cultures, they all have this through line of like, there's something else going on with this life after you die, before you die, what are, what are spirits, you know, can they be in animals, are there other spirits, you know, all the Native American tribes have names for other people and entities, but overlaying on top of that is this whole military thing. Because everything that happens now, somebody is trying to make a buck. Everything that happens now, somebody's going to take it and twist it and pervert it and turn it into a way for them to move their agenda forward. Alien thing, perfect example. Well, we bet, you know, the aliens are here now. And they say that we all have to have electric cars. That's what they said. And no more bombs, except for us. Except for us having bombs. You guys don't need guns. We'll have the guns. You stay in your cage. You just walk now. They could use the alien agenda for anything. Blow up one major thing. The aliens did that just to say, look what we can do. This, of course, has been referred to historically as Operation Bluebeam. I'm not going to go into Bluebeam here, but those are basically the two possibilities we're dealing now with aliens and all this stuff. Either something crazy is going on with an entity we are unfamiliar with completely, or 
the military is engaged in one of the biggest psyops ever, which they outlined very clearly. Shelly, it's amazing how you always itch when I start talking. Is it that cringy already? And you know what I think? I think it's a little both. So let's get into some of these quotes. During my weird research, I had discovered this guy, Phil Schneider, pretty well-spoken dude who was uh, in charge of building military bunkers underground, supposedly. Interesting character. Had a obvious whistleblower's demise. You know, if you haven't made the parallel that people who come out with information get killed for sharing it, now, I'm not sharing any new information. These guys did it, so don't come after me. But all the prophets, Pythagoras, Jesus, everybody. Do not cast pearls before swine, lest they trample them and then turn on you and devour you. That's that whole quote. Look it up. You give the good stuff away. It makes people crazy. So poor Phil did not meet a good ending. But here's what he had to say back back a long time ago in the 90s. As we examine this weird alien question. A pepper for your steak. Work as a geologist in building underground uh, military bases, some of which are over two miles underground. And uh, I think uh, when you listen to Al tonight, if you have a chance to listen to him, uh, uh, he will speak of... Uh, Al's actually been on some of the high-speed monorail uh, uh, subway cars, if you might want to call them, that link these bases together. Some of them are capable of uh, uh, riding on a cushion of air about three-quarters of an inch off a rail and a better part of Mach 2. And uh, he's actually been on one of these trains. I've only been in one of the tunnels and helped build some of the tunnels. Incidentally, I helped work on 13 deep underground military bases. Ashwell had hands-on experience. Uh, uh, Notorious was the one in, uh, in and around the Dulce, the southern, the southeastern and southwestern sides of Dulce, New Mexico in the Los Alamos uh, laboratory regions where we built some hermetically sealed rooms that were very deep, uh, going down over a mile. Um, we also built uh, an additions onto uh, uh, Groom Lake and S2 and S4 complexes. Uh, there are a total of nine underground. Are called, they're called DUMBs, like you can learn a lot from this dummy, but uh, D-U-M-B stands for Deep Underground Military Base. And, uh, or a deep underground, a dumb two, for instance, is a submarine base, and I have built a few of those too, which are uh, uh, off our continental shelves and then certain islands and uh, out in the Atlantic and the Pacific in strategic locations. Um, all this, uh, I can hardly, uh, in an hour's time, I can hardly squeeze all this in. So I'll, I'll be kind of rambling here if you just bear with me. A main topic of my discussion here is to link up basically what's going on with these deep underground military bases, what they're being used for, what is the present situation now being employed both by our federal government, which is slowly being phased out 
by the uh, United Nations government, as well as the New World, end quote, the New World Order, which is an even uh, uh, higher entity, and who these higher entities are taking their orders from. Are you plagued by flies, chinch bugs, schenectides, and other larvae, fruiting animals, which incorporate themselves into your home? Why not chemicalize them with new, powerful chemicalizer? You can find this at www.cranstonvestmentchemicalizer.com. All it takes is one spritz, and a fantastic aroma will fill your home with the sound and smell of dead bugs, chinch bugs, organic critters, any kind of weasel. Don't be afraid to chemicalize. Chemicalize today, only at www.cranstonvestmentchemicalizer.com. Oh, Boyo. Okay, so I know all this is pretty redundant in the global conversation right now amongst uh, the inquisitive, right? It's, you know, if you want to research Phil Schneider, go check him out. He's fascinating. But he is another cautionary tale because this dude was found and the coroner's inquest, or whatever they call that, investigation, revealed that he had been repeatedly and brutally tortured um, and most likely murdered. However, it was, of course, ruled a suicide. A suicide day. Somehow. And he is on record. There's audio of him saying to his family, and you know, all kinds of proof of this. If I am ever accused of suicide, I was murdered. I will never commit suicide. If, if I ever commit suicide, I was murdered. He says this over and over to his family. And they're like, hey, maybe you don't tell him about the aliens. So I, I put him in here as a cautionary tale to proceed in the world right now very carefully. You know, loose lips don't just sink ships. They get you tortured and murdered. It's weird for me to be revealing this on a podcast where I talk about stuff. But I'm not really doing any whistleblowing. Not really. I'm just bringing attention to things that need to have attention. So what else do we have here? Um, Phil Schneider's interesting. He's one of the main characters in the whole disclosure thing. When you really get down into piecing all of the disclosure together, you know, you come across the, the main people, you know, Bob Lazar. Um, the dude who wrote uh, Behold a Pale Horse, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, and then you run into, you go, start going back farther in history and all the main key players, and you see, like, the military has our fingerprints on every little piece of alien info that we all get fed. The military is always there. And the scuttlebutt is that They've had retrieval groups cruising around so that they could be involved in this. Since since they formed a government. So you you take it for what it is, but I'm going to play another little clip here. Okay, now what uh, Phil mentions the Dulce base, the Dulce base is really interesting. That's a famous deep underground military base near Dulce, New Mexico. I've been in the area. You're not allowed to dig in the ground anywhere. There's laws and signs and rules about not digging in the ground. And according to alien conspiratorial history, 
that base was the site of a battle that happened between either some aliens who were trying to get out that we had captured or some aliens attacking the base trying to get their stuff back. Who knows? Pretty cool. If you want to investigate that story, though, if you're looking for avenues of investigation, go check that one out. Fascinating. New Mexico, hotspot for activity. By the way, that reminds me. I'm going to do a little quick commercial here. My outdoor school is relaunching this year, and I'm putting together three, count them, three expeditions into the unknown where we're going to go visit a cool place and then also do some meditation, mindfulness, healing-type work and put our phones in a Faraday bag for the entire time. So you're also going to get a break from media. People don't do this. They don't take breaks from the system. They don't log off completely. I've done this. I've spent three and a half months in the wilderness. I did that when I was training to be a wilderness educator. And I'll talk more about my training later, but I want to pass on some of the stuff I've learned. So if you're interested in my outdoor school retreats, I'm still picking the dates. They're going to be hopefully one at the beginning of the summer, one at the end of the summer, and then one in the fall. Uh, because I want to visit some cool places. Mountains, desert, and then the last location, I'm not sure yet. So go to maverickmatthews.com and click on the contact page and send me your email because I'm going to be sending out very soon an email about all this. It's going to go out this week. And I'm going to talk about the locations, the dates, and then my pedigree. What the hell do you know, Maverick? Why are, why are you teaching this stuff? Because I was a wilderness educator for over a decade. So check that out at maverickmatthews.com. Back to the aliens, guys. Back to the aliens. Now, when you start going down the path of famous people, you run into this dude, uh, W. Glenn Dennis, who was in charge of a mortuary. And according to his testimony in the 80s, he was the dude they called when Roswell happened. And he talks in this video, or audio clip rather, about going to the hospital after the Roswell crash and then asking one of the guards, like, what's going on with the crash? And the guard gets real angry and looks at him and goes, there wasn't a crash. And they escort him out. But they still had, you know, still saw crazy things. This guy's testimony is very famous. He goes on later to found the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell, New Mexico, which I've been to. It is much less technical than it sounds. It's basically just kind of a weird museum of a lot of compelling evidence and then a really bad model of an alien or something on a gurney. The guy passed away in 2015. I would have loved to talk to him about this. He seems pretty compelled, you know, excuse me, compelling. Seems like he's not lying, but who knows? Anyway, a lot of people have analyzed his testimony in different ways. I'm just going to present it here. It's interesting to hear because this alien stuff has been building. This was in the 80s. And then Glenn comes out, or excuse me, uh, Phil comes out 
It talks about underground bases in the 90s. All these things are slowly being trickled out. Check it out. Nino stood there for a minute, and he turned around, and evidently he must have waited for somebody else to come out because there was another officer coming out. He said, this man says there was a crash out at the base. He said he wanted to know about, he was inquiring about our crash. And this was when I encountered, he was a red-headed officer and uh, very nasty, very uh, uh, rough. He said uh, he did not see any crash. There was not any crash. And he said, uh, you get the hell out of here and you didn't see anything and you don't talk to anybody. He said, you're going to get in hell a lot of trouble. And I said, look, I'm a civilian. There ain't a damn thing you can do to me about it. He said, no, but somebody might be picking your bones out of the sand. That's when he made the remark there. Then there was a black sergeant that was standing beside him. And he said, yeah, but he would make better dog food for our dogs. Of course, I didn't understand that, but... My father happened to be an old trapper and for a hobby and everything. And I said, my father uses guys like you for bait and these coyote traps. And then there was two MPs that joined me right on, took me outside and each holding me by my elbows and they escorted me out to the, back to the ambulance and followed me all the way back to the funeral home. This guy does not give a frank. He's got some big cojones. It's interesting because he, you know, his funeral home got put in charge of like all this stuff and this guy's testimony and all his information came to light after uh, like an unsolved mysteries episode was talking about Roswell and he called in on the tip line or something. And then all of a sudden now he's got this huge, it's not like now where you go forward and you get like a career out of it. You know, I don't think this guy probably made any money telling his story. Maybe he did, but because he wasn't military he wasn't necessarily bound to any secrets. I don't know that he signed any NDAs. He never talks about them. And he was allowed to live to a ripe old age at 90. Now, you heard the way those guards were talking to him. Where are you going to find pick your bones out of the desert? But because he wasn't connected to the military, he, you know, he got to cruise around and they stonewalled him a lot. But uh, let's hear what else he has to say. Now, as you were entering... The hospital, you saw something in three trucks. Yeah, when, yeah, because usually where I parked, there was three field ambulances parked in the area where I usually park where we back up to the to the ramps. So I just pulled up to the side in front of those and parked out in the front, and the airman and I got out and walked in. So uh, when I passed, when I got up, went up the steps and up the ramp, and I was walking... Uh, going into the emergency room, I noticed that the doors were open, and then, uh, but what was odd about it, there was an MP standing beside each one of the vehicles in the back, just standing there. And the doors were open, naturally, I was curious, and you know, I just happened to look in. That's when I saw some debris that looked like parts of a plane or something that they hadn't had a crash. Because I've seen them do this a lot of times, bring in pieces and the old ambulances in. Can you describe the debris? Yeah, they were, I noticed in two of the ambulances, there was some debris that was probably two and a half to three feet, you know, long and probably high that was propped up on the side of the ambulance there. They were 
kind of in the shape of maybe like a half a canoe. They they were uh, like the front part of a canoe. And, uh, you know, it looked like it looked like it might be aluminum, but it, it looked more like it was the metal looked more like stainless steel that had been heated. It was blue, kind of a bluish tint to it. Again, I know a lot of this is redundant for people who've been at this game for a while. But for the newbies, this is uh, maybe the first time you've ever heard these folks talk about, specifically about disclosing stuff. Now, when they did it back in the 80s and 90s, people just thought they were crazy. Nowadays, we have access to so much information and so much tomfoolery, we'll say, that, that people listen to this and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, of course they had alien aircraft. What? Obviously, they had something. We know that there was something recovered. We know that the story out there went from one thing to another in the beginning and changed and changed. Something went on, whether it was a Russian spacecraft, Chinese, aliens. It doesn't matter. There's basically a shadow thing happening behind the scenes, and it's big, and it has nothing to do with us. We're just the chattel, the popolo minuto, as it were. But, it, you know, what an interesting time to be alive. That is a curse in some places. We're going to shift gears here. We're going to shift gears into the esoteric because I want to compare how all this new science and technology compares to the esoteric, right? I was reading a book called The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth, and in the section he's talking about Roger Bacon and about how uh, he would scare his students by shining a light into a crystal to produce a rainbow. And, and previous to this little experiment, they didn't think you could produce a rainbow anywhere. They thought it was just a natural occurrence of God. So here this man seems to have the powers of God. All he was doing was using a crystal to, you know, refract light, defract, excuse me, defract, refract. It's just the Pink Floyd album cover. But back then, a couple hundred years ago, that was like the iPhone coming out. Okay? If you read Lieutenant Philip Corso, I believe, was the guy who wrote the book Disclosure, pretty sure that's the name of his book, Lieutenant Philip Corso, doing this from memory. But he goes through in that book and specifically talks about the Roswell crash, talks about the technology we mined from it, and he breaks down seven different technologies and how they were seeded through different special access projects, essentially, but they called them something different back then. They seeded this technology into the private sector so that we could use it and develop it and move it forward. And he's like, that's why we have microwave technology that's why we have cell technology that's why we have uh fiber optics supposedly was one of the things lasers was supposedly one of the things so in that book he breaks down each one of these things he's like this is how we seeded it to humanity now how was he allowed to publish that book correction the book is called the day after roswell okay and, you know, this guy, uh, I don't think anything happened to Corso. When did he die? Let's see here. He died in Florida at 83. So how does somebody get to put out a book called The Day After Roswell specifically saying, here's what we did with the alien technology? Nothing happens to him. 
it's it's almost like they let some of the information through and not mess with people, and then others they thrash. You know, it's very strange, and that makes it even harder because it doesn't necessarily mean just because someone got suicided or pink misted that doesn't mean that whatever they were trying to tell you was the truth. They might have just misted that guy to make it seem like it was the truth, to muddle it even further. Fascinating. All we can really do is watch and compare it to history. So let's, let's look at what the esoteric secret mystery schools used to teach. And then we'll talk about that. All magic is a power of mind over matter. As we are beginning to see, esoteric philosophy is concerned with methods for developing the faculties of the mind so that natural laws can be manipulated. What? Every technology that is sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. The technology of shining a light through a prism to show a rainbow was hundreds of years ago. Now, we're being bombarded with all kinds of cosmic rays. We're walking through machines that can see through us. We can transmit words through the air. You're doing it right now with this podcast. And we always, as the Popolo Minuto, as the populace, we get it late. There have always been secret mystery schools keeping knowledge for themselves. Because, not necessarily because they, they want to use it to kill all of us, but because they want to protect it. This is kind of the opposite of what the military's doing. The military's doing things because war is their business. And the intelligence agencies, are, you know, War is their business, Con like knowing about conflicts, seeing what happens, watching your enemy get destroyed for whatever reason, for whatever your enemy is, happens to be. That's their business. On the flip side of that, you have esoteric mystery schools. Some people would even say fraternal brotherhoods that have knowledge and protect it. One of these is a great example is the Knights Templar. And this is part of the lecture. This is a little preview. Part of the lecture I'm going to be giving on uh, first premiering this lecture on uh, Appalachian Intelligence Podcast. And this is the first week of February. It's probably going to come out next week or something. Watch for that. Suffice to say, there are groups that are protecting knowledge. This is kind of what the Vatican did by trying to keep the Bible untranslated and the masses ignorant for so long. Okay, we're kind of witnessing a, another kind. You know, that created a revolution when the Bible was translated. And, and the Internet kind of created an information translation of our new world so that we're like, oh, wow, now we can see the code of the matrix and how we're trapped and how they're using us through big harma. And they make us sick. They make us pay for the cure. They keep us at war. They move us around. It's all part of the game to get richer and richer. No one, you know, this isn't new to anybody. But what the, the mystery schools have this excuse, right, that they're like, oh, we can't give this knowledge to the masses because they wouldn't know what to do with it. You know, they might use it for evil. That's a weird argument. That's kind of like them doing gain-of-function research and being like, we're trying to you know, fig make viruses that are evil weapons so that we have protection from future evil weapons. That's the circular argument that they use. But once again, we saw that you can't just give stuff to the masses. They'll kill you for it. We talked about that in the beginning. So what do you do? You drip it out there and you offer it up so that the people who are paying attention can gobble it up and go search for more. One of the main rules of these esoteric mystery schools, by the way, is that they don't give away information to anybody who doesn't come looking and asking for it. 
So come to one of my outdoor schools. Okay. This is a second quote from Robert Bacon. There are two forms of magic. A devil's magic that seeks to harm others by illicit means, and a holy magic which rediscovers the secrets of nature, a lost science known to the ancients. Doesn't it kind of feel like that's what's going on? Mother nature, nurture, versus some kind of tinkering power. Some kind of power that wants to affect everything. Maybe put man's ego stamp on everything. Touch every molecule, manipulate every genome, every disease, every insect, every piece of wood. Martial law is in effect for the safety of all citizens. Groups of more than three men shall not congregate in public spaces. A curfew is in effect. Any person found on the street after dark will be subject to summary judgment. Long live General Gaius Julius Caesar, savior of our republic. As you go down the path of being inquisitive about what's happening in the world, the deep state conspiracies, you know, big harma, big military, big food. As you go down these roads, I have watched them drive people crazy. I've watched it happen. And the esoteric mystery schools, they have set up a philosophical order of how you progress through things so that you don't break your brain. Think about that for a second. They have a system designed to introduce you to information that might break your brain. Here's the thought about it from the same book. There is always a danger that these workings of the imagination will only end up in delusion. Magic can seem a self-deluder's charter. The systematic approach of the secret societies was intended to militate against this. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who wrote the rule book of the Templars, recommended a systematic training of the imagination. He recommended retiring to a quiet room, dressing in white robes, adopting ritual poses, pronouncing the divine names of God. In this way, a state of ecstatic visionary trance could be achieved. It is so important to point out that that simple kind of meditation that he just described, putting on a robe, going to a quiet place, meditating, saying sacred words or prayers, that act back then could get you burned at the stake. This is how governed human beings' lives have been at different points. Our lives are equally governed in an equally totalitarian way. Just it's, it's different now. You know, you don't speed. There's the this, there's the that. They put you in a box. Don't touch the plants. Don't eat these medicines. Stay away from this. We'll put you in the box. They would burn people at the stake. Now they just put you in a box and torture you psychologically forever. And it was a therapist friend of mine who pointed out amazingly, I don't know how I didn't make this connection. And she goes, look, believe me, we're talking about self-medicating on cannabis and how it's a slippery slope, just like everything else. But she goes, but you know what? It hasn't escaped my notice that criminals go in on street drugs and come out on the drugs of Big Harma. You know, they all come out with prescriptions for something. You're just switching 
the salesperson from Mother Nature to a corporation. That's a fascinating adjustment mechanism they have there. Meanwhile, they make money on you being in the box. Fascinating. Okay, I'm completely lost the plot here. We're talking about magic. And I'm going to wrap this up. It's been a good episode. We're talking about magic because what was regarded a long time ago as something that you could be burned at the stake for, people in Burbank are doing every day. Yoga. Back then, you probably could have been murdered for yoga. Evil, evil mysticism. And there's probably still people that believe that. I know yoga is the most incredibly restorative thing that I've ever discovered. It's amazing. It makes you feel great. Your body has to be stretched and moved around so that all the chemicals can mix and everything can, you know, all the good can go in and the bad needs to come out. It's that simple. Circulation. Flow. Blah, blah, blah. They would kill people for that. And now we do it casually. We need to refocus on the things that we should be doing and decouple from the things that keep us busy. We live in a world of distraction. Everyone needs to be able to find a quiet place to go to and get away from it. The easiest way to do it, what I do, now that I'm trapped in some giant city vortex for a little while, go for a walk, preferably late at night by yourself. Put a podcast on maybe. Maybe not. Just Maybe just walk around and think. And eventually get to the quiet room. Meditate in the sauna. The shower. Wherever you have to do it. Clear your head. It is normal right now to feel like everything is crazy. One of the reasons I like to show these clips is because we can look back through history and realize it's always been crazy. They want you to think the crazy is new. It's not. You don't have to panic. Totally normal. So get yourself out of those dumb meaningless activities and into books, walking, connecting with your family, being in the woods, and off the grid. All right, we're going to finish with a quick quote from a recent podcast. Um, I can't, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was around the 1st of February uh, that Sam put these up. I wish I could shout out the guest. I'm, I, you know, a lot of these come from my phone where I just like happen to be listening to something and I record a snippet for this show. So that's how this originated. But I think you'll find the content very valuable. Go check out Sam Tripoli's podcast, Tinfoil Hat. Not a paid promotion, but I take a lot of content from there to share with y'all. We should all be going and looking at these cool sources. So I'm going to leave you with this idea. You think about it. My name is Maverick Matthews. You have been listening to Pepper for Your Steak. Thank you for being here. Oh, and there's a, there will be a commercial from my sponsor at the very end. You'll want to hear it. The operative words right now, ladies and gentlemen, are self-reliance. Grow some food. Winds of change always come. Okay. All right, thank you for listening. I will see you very soon. Mavskill's coming out this week. It's going to be awesome. How to get pulled over by the police. It all fits together. Pepper for your steak. Once you realize the government doesn't have your back and, in fact, is your enemy, 
you only have yourself to fall back on yeah. and your community, right? So if, if you're if you're broken down, if you're not treating your body right, if you're not if you're not actually trying to be the best version of yourself, well then you're really the odds are really stacked against you at that point because you already know the government's trying to kill you. Are you trying to kill you too? But once you realize that that's what you're dealing with, well then it, you you have no choice but to really look inward. Like you have to be so grounded to weather that, and I think the vast majority of people are not. And I think that the the big operation that's been ran on, on us, particularly like very starkly over the past three years, is to make sure we are grounded on nothing. They want us right. to be able to. We have to question our own sexuality and and our race relations and whether or not uh, you know free trade amongst people is evil or good or you know you have to just reassess every single thing and they want you to be totally unmoored so that then you're easily manipulatable that ladies and gentlemen is what they call in the darker sciences trauma-based mind control thank you for being here visit maverickmatthews.com shoot me a message follow me on instagram at the underscore real underscore maverick matthews it's time to get that platform to a revenue stream help me out share some stuff let's do some things all right. Pepper for your steak. The Not History Channel and the Not Discovery Channel present to you the Zombie Network. All zombies, all the time. Zombie sharks, zombie spiders, even zombie people. Zombie Network, 24 hours a day, 803, 756 days a week. Zombie Network. Rawr, rawr, rawr.